Hello and welcome to Helpline on Feed, Play, Love with Mothercraft nurse Chris Minogue. Chris is here every week to help you with whatever questions you might have about your babies and small children. Mostly it's related to sleep, which she knows all the answers for. But there are also questions about <laughs> feeding and behaviour that Chris can answer. So if you'd like to ask Chris a question, your chance is now. If you're watching us live live via Facebook, pop your question below the video. You can also call us on one 800 Oh, what am I doing? Yes, one 800 Just had a brain snap. It's, <laughs> it's not the end of the year yet. one 800 Or if you're listening via the podcast, you can email us at helpline at theparentbrand.com.au. Hello, Chris. I hope your brain is working today, unlike mine. <laughs> it is. It, it is. is. Excellent. She is on. on. <laughs> right. Well, before we start, we do have some exciting news to share, and that is um, Babyology has developed a new program called Sleep School just for sleep-deprived parents. And Helpline will be here. We're still going to be here. But we do get so many questions, and sometimes people want a little bit more help. Um, So we have gathered together our favourite sleep experts, including Chris Minogue, but also we have Joe Ryan and Pinky McKay, whom, if you listen to Feed, Play, Love, you will know of. Um, So if you would like to check out that program, it is at babyology.com.au forward slash sleep dash school but we'll put all of the info in the notes of this episode if you're watching us live via facebook we're going to pop that up there as well so you have lots of opportunities to sleep well is what i'm saying so our first question comes from caroline and she has a three and a half year old who used to be a great sleeper in his own bed all night the past two months or so he's been waking at night crying My husband usually goes in to settle him, but he sometimes wakes a few times anyway. Now he will get up anywhere from 1 till 4 a.m. and come into our room and sleep on the floor next to our bed. This isn't a big deal, but my husband wakes at 4.45 a.m. and he also wakes up and doesn't really fall back to sleep. Mm. He will sometimes fall asleep in the car and he hasn't napped in months, but he's exhausted. His behavior is also awful lately. He's so wound up and hyper and rough and not listening, I assume, from not getting a full night's sleep. But you're probably right. In some way, you know, either he's actively just doing lots and his brain's moving, but that those wake-ups on a continuous basis is going to make him overtired. So this is going to sound strange, but we're going to go back to giving him a tiny little sleep in the day to get him out of the behavioural part of it, you know, as in the behaviour that you're seeing from him, and get him a little bit rest, more rested, but it'll probably mean he goes to bed a little bit later. So I would, between, say, 12 and 1, allow him to have about half an hour sleep, even if you deliberately, accidentally put him in the car and take him for a drive. But it it means he won't even start to go down to bed till 7.30. And I would probably do this for a week and just get him back into sleeping well. And in that week, I would correct the behaviour of getting out of bed and coming to your bed. Because you're absolutely right. There would be no problem with him sleeping in a mattress um, on the floor when he comes into your room, except that with your partner getting up early, it's actually disturbing him. His sleep has been disturbed twice in the night. So if everyone was sleeping till 6.30, I think that would be fine. And in time, he'd just stay in his own bed. But at this point, he's got himself really overtired. And you're seeing that because of the behaviour has become 
become really erratic. So I'd give him back a little 20-minute sleep just for a week, correct the behaviour when he gets up at night. So walk him back to his bed, give him a cuddle, lay him back down, tuck him back in again and just say, we stay in our bed till 6 o'clock. So let's take advantage of giving him that sleep and him being more rested to be able to change that behaviour. Then after a week, take away the day sleep and see if the behaviour itself generally has corrected itself. Good luck with that, Caroline. We have a direct message from Facebook uh, um, from Erica. She says, I have a five-month-old who feeds three to four hourly during the day, sleeps well, and self-settles. Excellent. Why are you writing in? She's just writing in. (laughs) (laughs) I was successfully doing the dream feed from three to four months with her staying asleep at night for up to eight hours. At four months, I stopped the dream feed and she slept from seven till three or four a.m. for a feed. However... This didn't last long, and she is now waking at 1, 3 a.m., 4.30 a.m. I try to resettle at 1 a.m., but she's hungry, and she won't resettle. She has two meals, breakfast and dinner, two teaspoons, breastfed daytime plus a 120-mil formula with a breastfeed at 6 p.m. Should I keep persisting with the resettling at 1 a.m. or feed and resettle at 3 a.m.? This phase has been going for about a month now. I would feed her at 1 a.m. because I think it's a reasonable time. And generally when I look at patterns where it falls apart at night, the first thing I look at is that 6, 7 o'clock at night and and what are they feeding. But she's feeding very well at 6 o'clock at night. So I think what I would do is feed her at 1, but you need to make sure she feeds well. So often we're tempted to do a quick feed and back to bed, but you actually in this case need to make sure she feeds on the first side even if you have to change a nappy and feed on the second side well and then put it back to bed because it'll push her past the 3 a.m. and maybe get her closer to 5, 5.30 and 6 so that you can see it sort of going back into where she fed at 2 and then from 2 down till 6 or 7 in the morning. So I think in this one I would feed her well but I would consciously make sure I would, sorry, I'd feed her at one, but I would consciously make sure that I fed her well at one just to get rid of some of those other wake-ups. That's the behavioural part. And then hopefully it'll just keep pushing through because you're doing the right thing. And if she's sleeping well in the day, it must be something to do with that first feed or being hungry then that's determining the rest of the behaviour. Can I ask a stupid question? Sure. Because it's been a while since I've had to breastfeed a child. The Changing the nappy in between breasts, is that to keep her alert to feed? Okay. So otherwise, especially at this four, five-month-old, they feed for like three minutes on one side and they think they're full, so they go back to sleep, but they haven't fed effectively enough to sustain them right through to the morning, so you get multiple wake-ups. So it's almost like it's the most conscious feed you'll do of all the feeds she is doing for you. Um, and really, she should be doing, say, I would think five to six minutes of active feeding on both sides would reassure me that she should be able to get through to 5.30, 6.30 in the morning. All right. Thanks for the question, Erica. The next one comes from Naomi. Um, Up until the last couple of weeks, I was able to put my seven-month-old to bed awake with him most of the time self-settling and only sleeping maybe an hour. Now, as soon as I put him into the cot to sleep, he screams. This doesn't stop and he gets so distressed if I don't pick him up. Once I pick him up, depending on the time of day or night, he either plays or goes to sleep. Uh What should she do I think he's a bit confused. Um, So I think in this case, they generally at seven months are only having two sleeps in a day. And if he's only having two sleeps of one hour, he's a pretty tired baby by the time you put him to bed. So 
from what you've given us, I have to assume that that's what he's doing. And, and if he's got a normal 13-hour day, he's only having two hours of sleep in that time frame. So I think then what happens at night is he's so overtired that his tolerance level to be able to settle and stay asleep is a lot less. So he's needing that interaction from you picked up. The play part of it, though, if he's playing at night, means that something he's got the wrong message about why he's getting up. So as long as when you go in there... Um, and you're going to resettle him, it's tough to resettle a seven-month-old. So I usually leave him him for a few minutes, then go in, lay him down and pat them. If they start playing in the cot, I just walk out and give him another few minutes to work out that I'm only going to come in to help him go back to sleep. I'm not going to come in to play with him. And I would try that for a good period of time before I picked him up and calmed him down and then put him back down again. And a good amount of time is very different for everyone. But for me, it's at least 10 or 15 minutes. And depending on the type of cry, it could even be up to 20 minutes if he's just whinging at you and not crying. Um, So I think you need to give him the right message that we are going back to sleep. But I think it stems from overtiredness because he doesn't sleep enough in the day. So you either need to put a third sleep in for another hour. So he's getting at least three hours in that whole day. Or you need to help him resettle in some of those sleeps to extend them a little bit longer so he's not so overtired when he goes to bed. Chris Minogan Helpline on Feed, Play, Love will be back answering more questions right after this. Now back to your questions with Helpline and Chris Minogue. Now we have another question from M. My husband and I are going overseas for a wedding for 10 days without our daughter, who is two years and eight months old. She'll be staying with my parents, who she's stayed with on a regular basis for two years, so she's very comfortable with them. But the longest she has stayed with them is four nights, and now it will be 10. My questions are, when should I let her know we are going away? And what do I say when she says, no, mama, stay, (laughs) don't go? What's the best way for my parents to answer the questions of where we are? She has previously had meltdowns when we speak on the phone or FaceTime, so we haven't done that for quite some time when she stays with them. Okay, so there's an easy one for this answer. So I probably wouldn't tell her until the week that you go in. And I probably wouldn't even tell her until a couple of days before you're going because I think with this age group, they can mull that information over and form it into all sorts of things. And she can get herself much more worked up about it by saying, no, mama, I come. No, mama, don't go. And by the time you go, she's, you know, she's an anxious little mess on the floor and so are you. So I think here the key is when you say it, what happens? And what I would do in this case is I would make a little um, calendar for the 10 days you're away and you put the dates on it. And in the calendar, you put a picture of you going on a plane to wherever, Thailand to wherever you're going. So just a farewell. And each day on the calendar, you put in what she's going to do. And you need to work out with your parents what are the exciting things that they could do with her on her days where she's not at preschool. Are we going for a ferry ride? Are we going on the train into the city? Are we going to go to see the Lego shop? What are we going to do? And you put a picture of it in the calendar. Then I would tell her about two days before you're going, mummy and daddy are going away on a little holiday. Um, then she'll say, I come too, because that's fair enough. <laughs> and you say, no, we'll go on a holiday later or whatever you're going to say with it to her at that point. And then you show her the calendar and you give her a special sparkly glittery pen and each day she gets to mark off the calendar so that she's going along the journey and knows when you're coming back. Because 
two days for a three-year-old, they can count. Ten days, they can't count. They can't think ten days ahead. That's like saying in the mid-December, Santa's coming on the 25th or 24th. So you need to be able to do it in a visual way for her and she marks it off. She could have pretty stickers that she can put on it um, and those sorts of things do do work really successfully. That's what I tend to do when mums go to hospital for a baby. They do a little calendar and they get to mark it off. The toughest part for her is that dinner bath bed because they can keep her stimulated during the day but as it gets later into the day, she wants a mum and dad there. So I think if you're going to do any FaceTiming, you do it in the morning when she's more receptive to go and do something. And one of the things that you could do is you could have a book and she could have a book and you just read the book to her. So you're not really saying we're here on holidays and you're at grandma's. You're just reading a book and you're you're marking the, the calendar off with her. If you think that's too stressful, you're better off not doing it at all and her just marking the calendar. And one of the things she could do is come then out to the airport to pick you up so that there's um, a, an exit and an entry so that it's not that you just disappeared when you left her at your mother's place and that you reappeared because otherwise she won't go back to grandma's place because oh, she'll be in the fear that you won't come back. So you actually have to say, Daddy and I are going on a plane to Thailand. You're going to stay with Grandma. This is what you're going to do over the week. So that's why I'd only do it about two days beforehand. And you need to come and pick Mummy and Daddy up from the airport so that she actually has an exit and an entry. And because I think she would get really anxious about how far 10 days away is. And then that will all implode and then she'll never go back to your mother's place again, no matter how lovely and nice she is. So if you put a little bit of thought into it, what I'd also do is along about the fifth day into it, I would leave her a little note in an envelope. I have a lot of imagination and (laughs) she goes on a hunt to find a present from you. So you know where it is. It's under grandma's bed and you leave her a few clues on where to go and find the little gift. And it could be a book or a little, I don't know, bit of Lego or something like that. And it just keeps her more intrigued. And they really work at engaging them, even if you're not there. And even if you don't do it via Facebook or FaceTime, you could just give it to your mum and say, on day five, can you give her this? And they read this little letter and it says, if you go this way and that way. And she finds little things along the way that lead her to the gift. So it puts some thought into it and it will go beautifully. It sounds like she gets a little holiday. Well, that's the old whole idea, isn't it? She (laughs) thinks she's having a good time. Brilliant. Well, good luck with that and I hope you have a lovely time away. Yeah. It's important for parents to get some time away. It is. It's important for parents to be good parents. Yeah. couples. Yes, that's right. Okay, so we have a a direct message from Claire on Facebook. I have an eight-week-old who doesn't seem to be able to make the one-hour, 15-minute wait period for her age. Does the time needed to fall asleep count in the awake time? Currently, she can put herself to sleep if swaddled with white noise, dim room and dummy um, for morning naps. Afternoon naps are harder. Takes her about 15 minutes to fall asleep. Does this count in her awake time? Also, she wakes at the end of a 40-ish minute sleep cycle. I try putting my hand on her before the cycle is over, but she seems to struggle to get back into a deep sleep, but definitely seems tired as has heavy eyes and looks like she's trying to sleep. Okay. I've just done this with another (laughs) seven-week-old baby, so I know exactly the answer to this. So what we're going to do here is um, she's eight weeks old and she's become more alert, more awake and more aware. So you're doing the right things. 
Now, if you feel she needs to go to bed earlier, it needs to increase her sleep time. So we think roughly around eight weeks, somewhere around an hour and a quarter, maybe an hour and a half of awake time and looking for their sleep signals or tide signs. Now, if you get tide signs at an hour and you put her to bed and she only sleeps for half an hour, she could probably stay up a little bit longer. So go in increments of 10 minutes or 20 minutes or 10 minutes increments to find that sweet spot that she can do. If you put it down at an hour and 15 minutes, it takes you 20 minutes to go to sleep and she only sleeps for 40 minutes. I'd probably try over the next few days to to wean or to be in awake for the hour and a half to see if that makes an improvement. The improvement won't be that she wakes at 40, that she sleeps through the 40 minute cycle. It's that she'll wake, but you'll be able to get it to go back to sleep because waking at 40 minutes is something that we see from this age group and we teach them to go back to sleep. So there's that whole, um, the first window is the sweet spot to put it to bed so that you can link the cycles together, which will be somewhere between an hour and a quarter and an hour and a half, somewhere in that window. If you felt it was earlier, she needs to sleep longer. So if you put her to bed earlier and she doesn't sleep longer, then she could probably go longer, if that makes sense. And the resettle is normal for this age group. But if you get her in the right spot, you will be able to get her back to sleep. But that could take you anywhere between 15 and 20 minutes to do. Okay, good luck, Claire. We have a Facebook direct message from Rachel Elizabeth. I fear my two years and seven month old may be ready to drop her day nap. She's up at seven, sleeps from one to two. At daycare, it's 1.30 till 2.30, bed at 7.30. All of a sudden, she has started taking ages to go to sleep at night, babbling away until 9 or 9.30 p.m. This doesn't happen every night, maybe every third night, or she might do it twice in a row, then go straight to sleep at 7.30 p.m. the next night which is leaving me confused. She has started at a new daycare in the last two weeks and it seems to have coincided with that. Her sleep is still only the one hour though, which is the same as her old daycare. Yeah. Thoughts? Please tell me we get to keep the sleep for a little longer. Uh, no, I can't tell you that. No. <laughs> this little lady, try. she's definitely on the cusp of giving up a day sleep and if you can control it, it'll be much easier on, on everybody. But what I do when this sort of erratic behaviour starts, it's starting to think about, okay, I need to drop the daycare, she, um, the daycare, I need to drop the sleep in the day. She's two and seven months, I think you've done brilliantly. Um, so what I would do is you, you can't go from one hour sleep to no sleep because she'll be um, literally a screaming mess by the end of the day. So for the next week, what I do is give her 40 minutes and you need daycare to play along with this because otherwise she gets too much sleep on daycare days and not enough sleep on your days. So 40 minutes um, sleep. Now, to get a child to do 40 minutes sleep, they're really irritable when they wake up at the 40 minutes. It's like they're in a deep sleep at that point. So I don't do it in their bed. I do it incidentally. I do it on a couch where there's a bit more light and a bit more movement around them. So they just sort of go into a nap and not into a big deep sleep. Um, or I do it in the car if we're driving somewhere on the weekend. I just give them 40 minutes sleep. You do that for a week and then I drop it to 20 minutes. So I definitely don't put her in a bed. I just accidentally put, you know, octonauts on and she accidentally falls asleep watching octonauts or in the car again, but only 20 minutes. And then you need to spend a week where she doesn't have a sleep. And I would start it on the weekend where you can control what's happening around her. So you might go out in the morning because she can't go to sleep in the car. If she has 10 minutes sleep in the car, it's all over. 
It's like they've had three hours sleep. So that weekend, you know, she's going to be quite fragile by the end of the day. So I bring her dinner a little bit earlier. I bring her bath a bit earlier so that you're just easing your way through that end part of the day. And she could be in bed at 6.30. So she'll still sleep till six in the morning. So she's what she's decreasing in the day. She's she's sort of got to go to bed a little bit earlier and catch it up. And then within another week, she'll probably go to seven and then go to bed really easily for you. But it's definitely the start of her giving up her day sleep. At least you know how to. All to. Of us. Yeah. I tell mums to take a deep breath, have a little cry, and then let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> right. We have a question from Carmen on the email. My 13 month old son wakes overnight for a breastfeed. And while he might have his eyes closed while feeding, when I put him in the cot, he's awake. Yeah. The feed seems to relax him. I've yeah. tried resettling him in the past, but it can take up to an hour only for him to wake up again 30 minutes later. Um, granted, this was a few months ago. Mm. Can you provide me with a guide on how to wean him off night feeding? My son wakes at approximately 6 a.m., sleeps around 7 p.m. with two naps during the day, from 9.15 till 10.15 and from 2 to 3.45 or 4. He has three solid meals a day with two snacks. He has regular checks with the GP and is gaining healthy weight. Oh, he sounds like a good little fellow. I think the good news is that at 14 months, he'll probably just drop his two sleeps to one sleep and that will make your night um, your nights much better. So if we can wean the night feed over the next month and then you wean him to one sleep in the day at 14 months, I think the whole thing will fix itself. So to wean the night feed, first I would start by only giving him one side. So if he takes three minutes on both sides as that feed, I would just give him one side and put him down. Because the one thing that you said in the beginning of this is now that you're giving him the feed, when you put him down, he's still awake. So he's still wakeful in in that the feed relaxes him, but it's actually not what he's looking for or that it's fixing the problem. Because I'm sure if he fed, went back to sleep, you'd be fine. So in this case, I'd give him one, one breast and put him down. I'd do that for three or four nights. And then for the next three nights, I would get your partner, if he's around, to go in and settle him so that he doesn't visually see you and visually want to go to the breast because that makes the struggle much bigger. So for three nights, we get your partner to go in. He might try and lie him down, pat him. He might have to pick him up, give him a cuddle, put him back down, lie him down, pat him again. Um, I'd go slow and gentle with that. So pick him up. I wouldn't start with pick him up. So I'd lay him down, pat him. If he runs away and escapes from you, I'd pick him up, give him cuddle, put him back down, pat him um, for a bit longer. If he's just playing a game with that, I'd step out for a couple of minutes, come back and redo it again. Um, So you need to talk your partner into this because obviously it's a big deal. Um, But in the end, you'll have weaned him off the feed, okay, So once you've weaned him off the feed, you're getting closer to 14 months, then we wean the two sleeps together as one sleep and it will fix the overall sleeping problem and he'll start sleeping through the night without waking. So if you hang in there, I think and do it slowly, it'll it'll be fine. Doesn't that sound nice? Carmen? Not sure your partner thinks that, but, you know, it will be fine. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Yeah, Wouldn't you don't have lovely? to do the settling. <laughs> uh, we have a question from Kalela on Facebook Live. My bub is six months old. She wakes up from naps about 45 minutes and night, three hours sleep cycles screaming. Mm. I've been told she can't connect her sleep cycles. How do I help her? 
Well, this is a big question. Um, that's true. She's sleeping 40 minutes in the day and three hourly, three hourly at night. Mm-hmm. So she's just waking on her sleep cycles. So first you have to have a plan of what you want her to sleep in the day. So you need to look at what would work for you as a family. So maybe it's what she needs is two sleeps of about an hour and a half at least and a 45-minute cycle. So you need to work out which ones you're going to resettle her on. And then we need to look at the resettling and how you do it at night. Now, usually when we get the babies at six months doing this, it's connected to the way that they go to sleep. So maybe she's breastfed to sleep, maybe she's rocked to sleep. So when she wakes up, she can't go back to sleep. So the first thing I would be doing, which is the bit we don't have in the information, is how does she associate with going to sleep? Because once I work out what she associates with going to sleep, then we can create a pattern of self-settling by drawing her back and drawing it into a self-settling. So for instance, if she's rocked to sleep, then for a couple of weeks, we would try putting her down and creating the rocking movement and getting her to go to sleep in her bed with the same rocking movement, okay? Once she's learned how to go to sleep, then we create that pattern in the resettling. So this one would be perfect for our sleep um, school because I would be able to talk to you about what the association is with sleep and then work the pattern out from there. Or if you could send us another email with um, maybe how she goes to sleep, we could work out how to teach her to connect those cycles together. So it's not Mm -hmm. quite the answer. I need just a little bit more information for that one. Okay. Well, we've got time for one last question. So, Kalela, if you would like to, direct mail your question on the Facebook feed now. Just send us Babyology the question and we will address it next week, which is very lucky for you because it's our last week before Chris disappears for the Christmas break. Um, (laughs) Our final email is from Jane. The last month, our nearly 14-month-old son has been waking at 5 a.m., previously waking between 6.30 and 7. We decided to transition to one nap after a couple of weeks of early rising. His one nap is two and two and a half hours to three hours, ending at 2.30, then down between 6.30 and 7. A few times we have gone back to two naps and still no change. We have checked that he's warm enough and his room is reasonably dark with white noise. We have also tried a cat nap in the morning, then a longer afternoon nap. In this early rising time, he's begun taking a bottle of full cream milk before nap and night sleep. Previously breastfed, but my supply was dropping and he is a petite boy, so that's why we moved him to a bottle. Doesn't really wake other times unless teething or had a shorter nap at daycare. Also, when he wakes, you can see on the monitor he's trying to go back to sleep and then gets distressed. He's not ready to get up. We resettle and sometimes it works, others not. I think you just need to put him down later at night. So he's he's having a really good sleep in the day. You don't want to change that. So I think he's just going to bed in the evening too soon. So usually at his age, you would he would be awake for five to five and a half hours from when he woke from his lunchtime sleep. So if he's getting up at 2.30, he probably needs to go to bed between 7.30 and 8 um, to be able to then sleep through the night. Now, what that will do is even if he did wake at night, I think it would make the resettling much easier for you to do. But I suspect it will also help him sleep much longer before he does wake. So therefore, it would feel better. So I'd put him down later, maybe try putting him down at 7 o'clock for a few days, then at 7.30 for a few days and see what fixes itself. And if you still get this waking, 
I would give him a period of time to self-settle, which is what you're trying to do, and then I'd just go in and gently rock or pat until he's calm and quiet and then leave, and then another little period of him trying to self-settle and then repeating it. But I suspect it's more that you're putting him to bed too early in the evening. So when he wakes up, he's got lots of energy to keep going and going and going, even though he's trying to put himself back to sleep again, which is a good thing. Um, And... uh, if that didn't work, then I would try the settling. So, but I suspect it's just that he's going to bed too early. Okay. Well, good luck with that, Jane. That's all we have time for on Helpline in this episode of Feed, Play, Love. If you're watching along live on the Babyology Facebook page, thanks for joining us and thanks for your questions. Chris, thank you for your time. Don't forget, of course, that if you didn't get a chance to answer your question, ask your question this time and you need more guidance, or maybe we did answer the question, but you, there are other things you want to ask, check out Babyology Sleep School. The links are in the Facebook feed and we will see you next week for the the last helpline of the year. This has been Helpline on Feed, Play, Love, hosted by me, Siobhan Hunt. If you want to ask Chris your questions for the next episode, you can email them to us directly. The email is helpline at theparentbrand.com.au. Don't forget, if you need help now, check out the Babyology Sleep School. It's at babyology.com.au forward slash sleep dash school or you can find the links in the notes of this episode see you next week for the last helpline of the year